Hey everybody, this is Brother Frank. I'm a remnant call and glad to have you here with us. I'm excited because Brother Jamie Walden is back in with us on the program uh, tonight and I'm going to bring him on and we're going to get started here in just a second. But I wanted to open up with a scripture. If you never heard this show on the remnant call, you need to go back and listen to the show. It was one we did. I did. Oh, I don't know, maybe uh, a year or two ago, and it was on the Sons of Issachar. If you go look it up, you'll find it on the Remnant Call on our channel. And it is a program you need to hear, but I want to read a verse out of us. First Chronicles chapter 12, starting in verse 32. And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times. Now, that is the important part, and everybody wants to have understanding of the times that is going on right now. That's why we're listening. We're trying to find out. We want to know. We're reading the word. We're watching the news. We want to understand the times, but there is a problem because we're not reading the whole verse. If we don't have the second part of this verse, if we only have the understanding of the times, if we only have the knowledge of the times, then we will simply just have knowledge, and knowledge won't do us any good. But it's what the rest of the verse says that we desperately read right now. And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. See, that was the problem. Some people have knowledge of the times, but they don't know what to do. And so last week – or this week, sorry, on Monday, we announced it last week on the program. We began the Daniel Fast here on the Remnant Call. Why? Because we need to know what to do. We all have knowledge right now. We are in the end times. We are in the last days. We are there. It's It's been told to us by our grandparents, our great-grandparents, that this day would come. The Bible has been telling us for thousands of years, and now we're here. But we need to know what to do because the knowledge of just the times will do us no good without the understanding of where we are to go. And so, I, folks, this Daniel fast is so the Lord can reveal to us what to do. I have a lot of stuff going on in my life. I need to know, Lord, what do you want me and my family to do? Folks, I know you desire the same things. I've read your emails. I've seen your comments. We want to know what to do. And so if you've joined into this Daniel Fast, we're praying every day. We're believing God will lead us in the right way. If you haven't started yet, start right now. Go back, listen to last week's program. I go over the Daniel Fast, what it entails, what you eat, what you don't eat, and what it's about. Check that out. Jump right in with us and get going because this is the hour that we need to know what to do do. Well, with that, I'm going to bring in our go- our uh, guest tonight, Brother Jamie Walden. He is here with us. Jamie, are you on the air? Yep. Are you there, uh, brother? Yes. Amen. Well, folks, you know, I don't need to introduce him. You know, Jamie from Omega Ministries. And brother, you just were at a conference last this past weekend, weren't you? Yeah, I was actually hosting hosting my own uh, Warrior Summit down in Missouri last weekend. And then actually, I'm getting ready to leave first thing tomorrow to go to Bards Fest. So uh, um, tomorrow I got asked to speak there. They're calling it the largest gathering of, uh, of Christians seeking revival and repentance in American history is what they're calling it. So I'm, I'm wow. hoping for that. I'm hoping it'll be that kind of a turnout. So we'll, we'll see. But regardless, the Lord's never been interested in the quantity of men's hearts, only ever the quality of them. So it doesn't really matter if it is or if it isn't. 
Amen. It makes just hearing that makes me want to listen to some Linda Ravenhill, brother. Uh, okay. Just hearing about revival, folks. This we need that bad, brother. Um, you have been, of course, on a journey here lately. You've been facing everything. But I, before we get into tonight's program, and I want to go back about what I first opened up with and talk about that for a second, brother. I'm going to ask that you could just open up the remnant call with some prayer. Absolutely, brother. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you and praise you that we still have the opportunity to come seek your face while it may be found, Lord, because you have told us that there is going to be a famine in a land and not a food or a drink, but a famine of hearing of the word of the Lord. And uh, men will search for it like drunkards staggering from coast to coast, Lord. And I praise you that we have your word. I praise you that your your spirit is alive and well, that we can still gather over these airways, Lord, that the powers of darkness haven't tried to shut the mouth of of, – of your righteous ones, um, and definitely God. So we thank you for this opportunity. We just pray for your spirit and your presence and your power. God, we need you. We're desperate for you, Lord. And, um, like it says in, in Habakkuk three, Lord, we, we've heard of your fame and we know of your renown, Lord, renew it in our day and in our time, make it known. And in wrath, remember your mercy, Lord. So we just pray God that you would give us the words to, to speak today, um, that they would be worthy, not worthless words, God, and and that you would be magnified and exalted. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Brother, glad to have you on here. And I opened up with the sons of Issachar, and I know that's something that's near to your heart. But, brother, you know, knowledge and discernment are wonderful things. But if there is no understanding of what to do with the information then you simply just have information. Yeah, it's- absolutely. I, I've always said that one of the most, I, and I've actually spoken on this at conferences, so it's funny that you would open with that, is that one of, one of the most strategic forfeitures in the body of Christ is is uh, that we only operate in half-truths, and wherever we operate in a half-truth, that void can be filled by any other error and erroneous doctrine, right? Like Christ spoke to the Pharisees, you do error not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. And one of them in particular um, is is uh, in First Chronicles about speaking about the sons of Issachar. And everybody likes to quote that verse regularly about, oh, yeah, we need to be like the sons of Issachar who had, had an understanding of the times. And I always go, and what? I always say that. And what? Finish the verse. And actually, most people don't know the rest of the verse. And I say kind of like, you know, no greater love is there than this if a man lays down his life for his friend. And I go, and what? And you are my friends if you do what I command. Like there's always the follow on verse, right? Like like uh, Mordecai rebuking Esther for such a people always go for such a time as this. Oh, yeah. for You've been foreknown for such a time as this. I'm like, read the rest of the context of the verse. It's an open rebuke. If you remain silent at this time, Esther, you and your ho- deliverance will come from somebody else and you and your household will perish. Mm. But how do you know that you haven't come to this royal position for such a time as this? It's a rebuke. It's not an it's not an edification, <laughs> you know. So anyway, same thing for, for the sons of Issachar. I'm like, it says they had understanding of time and circle it, circle it, circle it, circle it in your scriptures. And they knew what Israel and we ought to know what the church must do. That's what's so particular about that. So what's interesting when you look at the last church age, you know, apart from being lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, having the form of godliness, the denying the power thereof, uh, um, you know, uh, that one of the particular attributes 
of the last end times church is their faulty self-actualization based around knowledge. It says they will, it says 2 Timothy 3 and 4, they will always be learning but never able to come to an understanding of the truth. They will surround themselves with great teachers, the great teacher, podcast after podcast, broadcast after broadcast, YouTube after YouTube, right? Uh, satellite campus after satellite ca- uh, campus and conference after conference and, and mega gathering after mega gathering. They will surround themselves with great teachers, not obscure ones like Brother Frank and I, <laughs> like we're, we're, we're the scrubs, right? Like the obscure, we're, not the obscure teachers that said the great teachers telling them what their itching ears want to hear. They will always, always, always be learning. They will have this massive data dump of information and of understanding, but they'll actually never come to an understanding of the truth. Because here's the bottom line. The truth is the person of Jesus Christ. Mm, Amen. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. But what the people cry out for is Barabbas, 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 Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. Like Isaiah 30, 15, they say, prophesy illusions. Tell us pleasant things. Get off the way. Just do not confront me with the Holy One of Israel. So we're all, I mean, look at Christian bookstores, dude. Look, I mean, like, I. I, I have I have in, I have family members that are in full time ministry, mega church pastors. They read incessantly, book after book after book of Christian leadership, Magoo, pomp and and vomitous. But I never see them pick up the scriptures. Never. <clears throat> Never. Yes. They want to hear what men have to say about the Lord. They don't want to hear or be confronted with the Holy One of Israel. Because when you open the word of the Lord, you cannot help but be confronted with the Holy One of Israel. And you're compulsed into the fear of the Lord, which then begets wisdom, which then starts growing your roots down deep. All these things are born out from the fear of the Lord. To those who fear the Lord, he will reveal to them the mysteries of the covenant, right? So like instead of being a mile wide and an inch deep in the gospel, they're a mile deep and an inch wide in the power of the gospel. And they actually don't have the form of godliness but deny the power thereof. They have the form of godliness and they walk in the power thereof. Like this is the distinction that's being made, right? So – uh, to be like the sons of Issachar, who not only had understanding of the times and knew what Israel or the church must do, is a very, very particular distinction. And people would say, so what is that? Well, I, I would posit, and I'm sure that you would be in agreement, that it hasn't changed ever in the history of humanity. And that is repent for the day the Lord is at hand. Repent for the days that Lord is saying, seek the Lord's face while it may be found. Cry out to him. Confess your sins. Turn your weeping and milling like tear, put on sackcloth and throw ash in your head because the Lord has an offense against the people of this nation and against the apostate churchianity that is flourishing throughout the world. And just so people know, we talk about the underground church in Iran and China and Yemen and Oman and these other places here in Iraq, which is vibrant and radiant. It is. But I'm telling you what most people don't understand. If you don't remember my my background, I come from the mission field. Um, and so I can attest to this being in the mission field is what this lukewarm, apostate, seeker-friendly, social justice, name it, claim it, grab it, grab it, prosperity, purpose-driven reality of Christianity that we have in America. We have polluted the entire world with our brand of apostate Christianity. I've seen it everywhere I've gone in the world. I've worked with the Christians in Iraq and in Syria. I've been embedded with them. 
and places that we can't even speak to. I've been in the mission field in the Dominican Republic. I've hosted mission team after missions teams. I've spoken to pastors out of Africa, and we send our apostate brand of Christianity to those nations and indoctrinate them in how to pursue their earthly kingdom building uh, whatever without any regard for the things of the world, and we call them blessed. So um, the, the, the same message is the same today as it was when John the Baptist began preaching. It was the same sermon Christ preached after the, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And the same sermon that was preached when the Holy Spirit came upon the believers at Pentecost, repent for the day the Lord is at hand. And with many other words, he warned them and about 3000 were added to their numbers that day. Wow. Amen. And folks, that's what, that's the kind of revival we're looking for. You know, as brother, you remind me of the mega churches. I, I already know all they read books on is church leadership on how to grow their churches larger. That's yep. a fact. And I learned and by, lot- and by church leadership, they don't read about biblical church discipline no. and leadership. They learn about corporate success driven, purpose driven leadership. I'm using that word on purpose. Everybody yeah, knows. Absolutely. And it's not only that, but in their, their driven le- leadership and their forms of discipline for spiritual growth all comes out of mysticism uh, yep. especially embedded in Quakers ancient it's weird I've I, this it's a, it's a cult within itself it's crazy but brother could you imagine going you're in a fire team right you're taking on fire your squad leader there you're head of your fire team he he looks back at you and says we're taking on fire and the you know the other people are looking at him like uh, okay what do we do I don't know we're just taking on fire. No, yeah. get down. You know what I'm saying? Everything we did in the military was trained so that we would know what to react in the moment. And the problem is folks we're running into today, we don't know what to do. Yeah. We're trying to pass a test, meaning understanding these end times, without actually even reading the book. Yeah. Just yeah, simply listening to a true. program. You, yeah, you can't go to the DMV what? and pass a driving test unless you study. Yep. And I, I've been I've been really burdened by the Lord to begin preparing the church to operate in the underground. And that's, I, I don't know. I don't know if Amen. If Preach. Have an understanding of what the, of what, of what the church about, of what Israel ought to do. But I'm like, you need to begin preparing now to operate and advance the kingdom of God, no matter how hostile the territory gets, no matter how much the darkness is over the earth and the thick darkness is over the people, right? Isaiah 61 and two, no matter how, much the the technological counterfeit omnipresence and omniscience of the luciferian elite becomes no matter what your mission set in christ jesus never ever changes it will never change and that is to set the enemy prisoners wards of free and to strike a blow against all enemies both foreign and domestic that means the enemy of your own flesh and the enemies without it is to advance the kingdom of god and to Proclaim the excellencies of him who delivered you from darkness into light. First Peter, right? It goes like we have this mission set. Like it says in Daniel 12, it'll be the times of likes of which never has been, never will be again. At that time, Michael, the archangel will arise on behalf of God's holy people. And those who are wise in the Lord will turn many back to righteousness. We got a mission set. And you can't carry out that mission set if you're unhinged by what's going on around you. You can't carry on the mission set if you're fearful and timorous. You can't carry on that mission set if you're if you're um, freaking out about your IRA and your 401k, which is about ready to be wiped out, by the way. They're telling you. They're foreshadowing. You, you – are not an asset to the kingdom of God, to the body of Christ, to the to your family around you, to your church body, and to the lost and dying world, if 
you are a lover of the world and the things of the world. We need to begin preparing now to be able to operate in an underground capacity because our mission set does not change. It will never change. And to do so with honor, courage, and commitment until we breathe our last, last or Christ's return. So we need to begin prepare. It takes logistics, right? It takes prudence. It takes planning. It takes infrastructure. It takes networking. It takes house church. It takes an underground railroad for the Christians to be able to move and operate, to be able to conduct commerce. It takes entrepreneurship. It takes tech skills and, and, and practical skills and blue collar and white collar and everything in between. It takes the gifts of the Holy Spirit operating without restraint and faith by the power of God. This it and and it takes doing that now willingly rather than later on desperately. Like this is understanding of the times, right? We cannot be among those who have this neo-Babylonian blindness that are sitting around drinking out of the golden vessels of the Lord while Assyria has literally been marching across open ground for two years to annihilate you in a single day in a single hour like they were doing in, in Babylon. And that's unfortunately what ma the majority of the church are doing right now. They are literally clamoring to get back to normal, which is the most disgusting, offensive thing I can ever hear from another believer saying, I can't wait for things to get back to normal. And I'm like, the Lord is trying to do everything possible to keep you from your normal. And what yeah. normal are you wanting to get back to? That's Trainees, going back to, to your kids in the public schools. What, yeah. what normal are you trying to get back to? The White House being being holographed with a rainbow flag and and innies being outies and outies being innies and, and, and the church at reading tarot cards and doing necromancy grave soaking and you're singing their songs and 99% of all churches in America are reading the songs being written are singing the songs being written by those churches. Like, please tell me, Christian, what normal are you trying to get back to? The Lord says he will shake everything that can be shaken. So only that which is unshakable will be left remaining. That is your identity in Christ alone and the word heavens and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. That's what we should be clamoring for. I agree, brother. That's what we're wanting to go back to Egypt. That's what normal was. Normal was the bondage of Egypt. And, and it's like as soon as we get a first taste of freedom, we're just like Israel. The second that a little bit of crisis comes up three days out, they were already crying to go back. Folks, yeah. it should be a lesson that even though they spoiled the Egyptians, it took three days for them to be ready to turn back. Folks, we've got to be prepared because hardship, it's coming. There will be tough times, but God is able to sustain us. And if we stick by faith, we will see the most amazing things. Look, there are those of you who have been saying, listen, Frank, I can't find anybody to fellowship. I can't find – listen, maybe God is preparing you for such a time as this as Jamie was just talking about. There is going to come ministry opportunities. And if you can't find anybody to fellowship with, you know what? You've got the spirit of the living God. And where two or more are gathered together, he will be in the midst. And, and the Lord will lead you. And I'm telling you, God has a mission for everybody that wants to get into his mission field. And, and it's time because we're going to have some opportunities like we never have before. Everybody sees the world, brother, is falling apart, and it's going to be terrible. It's going to be a horrible time. You know what it's also going to be? A time of opening up doors to places for the gospel to get that it hasn't been able to reach. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be a time of life so which never has been and never will be again, and that has layers to it, right? That's That has layers to 
the move of the Holy Spirit as well. And I think what we saw in the first century church and even at Pentecost is going to pale in comparison to what the Lord's going to do in the last days with his church and with his people. Because it's the what people don't understand is the tribulation period is the last great act of mercy. See, they, they see it as this 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 horror right this horror and almost they're they're almost offended that that the lord would allow it there it offends their senses but what they don't know and understand is that it's actually the last great act of loving kindness and mercy by the lord god almighty he will literally shake the heavens and the earth so that no man is without an excuse that they might know and understand that he is who he says he is and they would repent and turn towards him and they would receive eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. It's the last great act of mercy. He's literally going to rearrange celestial bodies so that you can't say, I just didn't know. I was walking in ignorance. I was a fool. I was blind. I was carnal. I was whatever. It's the last great act of mercy. And again, like I was saying, we have a mission set and it's good mission set. Let us not forget that somebody listening to this program must, <coughs> excuse me, you must be the prophetic fulfillment of Daniel 1132b, the second part of it, that those who know their God shall be strong and go forth and do daring feats of valor. That's what that word exploits translates to. Those who know their God. Somebody must, must, must fulfill that prophetic word. Somebody must fulfill the prophetic word that they overcome. They are not overcome. They do overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They do not love their life so much as they're afraid to lose it. Somebody must, must, listening to this program, fulfill the prophetic word in Daniel 12 that they will be wise in the Lord and turn many back to righteousness. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall be the coming of the Son of Man. That includes all the Nephilimic freak show stuff, right? All, all the all the wicked wicked and every thoughts man being evil continually and all the the bad and the ugly right but what people never or what people regularly failed to remember what was also going on in the days of noah is that noah was a preacher of righteousness that's what was going on in the days of noah too now he had the worst sermon ever right lasted for over 100 years and nobody responded to it however in obedience he was preaching righteousness over the people. So we do have a mission set. We need to get ready for this great harvest. We need to get ready for the millions of orphan kids when all their parents die off because they took the vaccination. We need to be, we need to be, there's a reason why the global elite are not having kids under 16 receive the vaccination because they want to adopt them into a new order of things and allow all the parents of the world, the majority of those who are old enough to die off. So they have a whole brand new global generation that will have no concept of the old order of things, but only their new order of things. There's a very particular reason for that. And we, as God's people need to be prepared to hold out the word of truth in a crooked and perverse generation. And that's why that mission set is so particular to know and understand. And the only way we can do that is in a knowing of our God, not a knowing of eschatology and not a knowing of, of, uh, you know, uh, emotional healing balm book after book after book reading and not, not a knowing of the deep state and not a knowing of QAnon and not a knowing of anything else other than a knowing of our God, because it's those who know their God that will go be strong and go forth and do exploits. Absolutely. And brother, you and I were talking about a time, the separation this coming that God's going to be doing and is beginning already uh, to separate. And folks, th- this is um, 
Uh, Jamie, I, I know it's been on your heart, so I want you to share about what we were talking about earlier. Um, God in this last days is beginning to separate people. And yeah. Prepare people. Just like you, brother, have been burdened with preparing for the underground church. And folks, there, listen, it, it, the biggest persecution, it's not always going to come from the world. It will come from within the walls that they call the church. Absolutely. They will turn you in. They will turn on you. I've already experienced this stuff uh, before. Um, they are not happy. If you, if, if you go against their grain, look out. You got to yeah. look out because that's what happened. And brother, I know this was something that the Lord's been laying on your heart um, of, of what's going on right now and what's coming because we need to start understanding what God wants to do. Yeah, ahead, absolutely. You know, like it says in, in first Peter four, like, like, do not think it's strange when you face these fiery trials. Like, like, don't think these fiery trials are come upon you as if something strange is happening to you. Like this is actually by only ever by the hand of the Lord. Can calamity come upon a nation unless the Lord has decreed it? No, absolutely not. Right. The Lord, I think it judges three, one through three. It talks about how these are the nations that the Lord left around Israel to test those who had not yet known warfare, that they might know warfare, right? Like the Lord is wise and do these things. So there is a sifting occurring. The shuttering of the churches, the face mask, the mass mandate, the BLM, this, the critical race theory garbage and everything else in between across this whole, you know, black ubiquitous suffocating blanket that's being thrown over the lord it is doing what the lord has intended it to do which is to sift to begin sifting and distinguishing his people he has said very prophetically malachi 3 16 through 4 3 that then those who feared the lord were found talking with one another pretty simple right like we're just chatting like we're just some bros who fear the Lord, and we're talking about him. And it says, and the Lord heard, and the Lord listened, and a scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who fear the Lord and who revered him. And he says, they will make up my treasured possession. And again, you will see the distinction between those who serve the Lord and between those who, not, who do not, between the righteous and between the wicked. And he says, surely that day is coming. It will burn like a furnace, and all the arrogant and the evildoers will be stubble, and that day is coming. We'll set them afire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who fear my name, for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. And you will go out like calves released from the stall. Then you will trample down the wicked. They will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I do these things, says the Lord. The Lord is distinguishing. He's distinguishing between those who serve him and those who do not. He says, just as a father distinguishes and rewards a son who serves him. So the Lord is making these distinctions, right? The wheat and the tares, the sheep and the goat, the righteous and the unrighteous, the lovers of the world versus the lovers of the kingdom, and every the, those who think they can drink from the cup of Christ and the cup of demons at the same time, and on and on it goes. The Lord has allowed it by his wisdom for, for a, a long time um, in the concept of human history. But in these last days, he says, I am going to begin distinguishing again. So don't grow fearful when you start to see the divisions in your own household in your own church bodies, in your own house church bodies, in your own home groups, with your family members and everywhere else in between at your workplace. Don't grow fearful about these things as if something strange were occurring to you. Praise the Lord that you have been counted worthy to suffer with Christ so that you might also be unified with him in the resurrection. Praise the Lord that 
finally we are being able to identify who actually is my body. Because I know I was convinced growing up that if somebody's in church, they're your body. So love them and serve them relentlessly. And now I'm realizing like, wait a minute. Think of how many pearls I cast before the swine. They went out from us, but they were not among us. Because if they had been from among us, they would have remained with us. And now these pressures, everything's fine. You can proclaim Christ and and say that you're 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 all good to go with the Lord and when everything's honky dory. But as you see one little pressure, these are tiny pressures too, ladies and gents. One little pressure after the next gets applied, uh, the multitudes are being exposed. Remember, Christ warned us: Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, Luke 12, Luke 17. On it goes. Like that, many will be deceived, and many, many, many will abandon the faith, and many will betray you and hand you over to be put to death on account of the name of Christ Jesus. We're seeing this in real time, but it shouldn't cause consternation. What it ought to cause us to do is praise the Lord, praise the Lord that that we are suffering unjustly because we're conscious of Christ. Because as First Peter tells us, it is to our commendation. Praise be the Lord that these diverse trials are coming upon us to reprove and test and approve of the genuineness of our faith because we're told that it will result in something. It will result in glory and honor and praise at the revealing of the Son of Man. Praise be to God, right? It sucks, right? We're not, I'm not diminishing that. This just straight up sucks what's going on. But I'm telling you, we ain't seen nothing yet. But when we no. count the reward, when we've noticed that the cost really is in, it's incomparable. It's not even worth comparing to the glory that's going to be revealed. You know, I was just thinking the other day, you know, talking about our trials. We haven't seen anything here, folks. We haven't. You know, for the people over in Afghanistan, they're in the tribulation right now. They're in their last days, some of them, this moment. Their lives are being threatened. What's going on right now in Afghanistan for some people, it is the end of time, literally yeah. for them. It's horrible. And we're over here worried because our 401k or whatever else ridiculousness, I'll tell you what, there wouldn't be a single one of them that wouldn't trade for some of our worries right now in a heartbeat. To not be in the situation that they're in right now, and yeah. if folks, if we, if we don't learn how to how to walk and handle some of these little things, then how is what's going to happen when we get to the big things? See, the little things; these are just training grounds. You know, they they say a person who runs a marathon. I, listen, I don't like to run. Hated running. Hated running in the military. I didn't know I had a gift to run. I played sports, but I never ran any distance. I found out I could run. Never caught the runner's high, brother. Never, never caught it. Yeah. Never no such thing. I no, think it's. I think it's. A, it's like a Bigfoot. It's shy and elusive. I've I don't never had that exactly. Entire. I never caught <laughs> it. But anyways. But yes. we we're being prepared to run. But a person who's tra- who's trained for a marathon, from what I understand, they never actually run the full marathon until the day of the marathon. Yeah. And you know what? That's that's something that I, I'm, you know, again, that the Lord's burdened me to be strengthening and equipping the body with is the fact that you train for the fight that you're not yet in. Because by the time the fight's at your door, it's too late. Whatever you have up until that moment of time is all you're going to have to carry you through the fight. 
That is true about our faith walk as well, too. You train by faith for the fight you're not yet in. So for all these people that go, I'm not worried about it. I'm just going to have faith at the time. I'm not worried about being prudent and trimming my lamp oil and having the extra stores of oil in my lamp and being hypervigilant, waiting, looking, watching for the bridegroom. I'll just have faith when it all starts to break out. I go, man, talk about faulty faulty self-actualization. If you don't have the faith, I'm like, okay, well, well, if that's true, then then why don't you cancel your your dental insurance? Oh, and your car insurance and your house insurance. Oh, and your br- umbrella insurance policy that's over that and and your 401k. And your, I mean, you go on and on. I'm like, you say you're going to have the faith then, but you don't even have the faith now to quit your Egyptological Babylonian money magic making a uh, uh, job and seek after the burden of the Lord that he's placed in your heart for the last 25 years. You won't do that by faith. What makes you think that when the earth is literally being split asunder for the blood that's that's soaked into its soil and the Lord's shaking the heavens and the earth and the whole machinations of the Luciferian elite is breathing down your neck that all of a sudden you're going to magically yeah, uh, uh, muster some fleeting sense of faith. That's like somebody who's been sitting on a couch for the last 30 years, you know, drinking Pepsis and eating potato chips saying, today I'm going to run a marathon. It ain't happening. It's, it's just, it's literally physically and physiologically impossible for you to do that. Same thing with our faith to go, well, I'll just muster the faith when I need it. It's like, it's not true. We, we train for the fight that we're not yet in. And we, and that's why the Lord speaks to, if you're faithful in the little things, you know, much more will be added unto you because all those testings of your faith, all those battles, battles, battles as a part of the warfare are strengthening and equipping, strengthening, equipping, strengthening, and equipping your faith. Remember it says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. If you haven't had the perseverance in the little things, making you mature and complete in the faith, what mean, what what makes you think that you're going to have them all of a sudden in the big things? Amen. You know, brother, that's you're so right. Folks, listen, you don't have – I don't have. Jamie doesn't have. We don't have the faith right now for what's coming. But what we learn is how to trust and because we've learned how to trust and these things, God will remind us in the moments. I'm going to give you an example. Um, this this is not a real a test, but I, I was speaking, brother, at a, a, a all black 700 member church. Okay, for me, I was intimidated. Okay, their pastor was a fantastic preacher. Here I am preaching. Um, my me and another my wife and another guy we're the only white people in there, right? And and I'm in I'm scared. Okay, I'm literally shaking. Because I've got to preach in this church. I'm in the side room reminding God of every time that I've ever been in trouble before in my life, you know, and he's come to help me like he needed a remembrance. But, brother, it was in that side room when I was pleading and trembling that I was actually remembering all the times I have been in situations where I wasn't ready to handle this. I wasn't ready to do this. And God worked a miracle. And, brother, I was in the same place again. And I went out there and God moved so powerfully that day because it wasn't me. It was him. But because I had been through so many of those situations before, even when I was in a crisis, which that's not really a crisis, but that's just something recently a while back I went through, 
I remembered all the things God had done. I remember when I'm in the mountains of Africa and I'm being left behind, uh, behind in a Muslim uh, village and, and I'm uh, my team's gone and it's just me and the locals. I remember how God has always taken care of me in the past and he will take care of me in the future. I didn't have the faith necessarily to stand on my own, but because I've learned how to trust, he got me through and gave me what I needed for the Amen. situation. That, that absolutely is – that is the conclusion of the matter is that it is a knowing of our God. I mean, you look at David, you know, when he when he countered Goliath, it wasn't that he he cold encountered Goliath. He recalled the fact that the Lord had already delivered him from both a bear and a lion. So if he can do that, he can absolutely deli- deliver this Nephilimic freak show who defies his God and 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 who's got who the God that he is jealous for into his hands. You know, you look at Joshua and Caleb. How is it that only two guys out of 2.5 million Hebrews at the time knew their God well enough to know to enter the promised land and have and to bring the good report? It was because of Exodus 33. It says Moses used to meet with the Lord as a man meets with his friend, and then he would go out to minister to the administer to the camp. But Joshua, his young aide, refused to leave the tent of meeting. That's why Joshua brought back the good report. He knew it was all the time in the tent of meeting for years and years and years, seeking the face of the Lord, trusting the face of the Lord, watching the Lord work, noticing how the how the the the, the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night and their shoes not wearing out, and the provision of the water from the earth, right, and the and the inverse relationship of bringing the grain, the bread of the bread from heaven, and bringing the water out of the rock, and how God can even invert the laws of of nature. He's so powerful. He knew his God because of all the time before dedicated to seeking the face of the Lord and the tent of meeting. So at the appointed time, at the appointed time, when the Lord said, go take the land, though it's filled with Nephilimic freak shows, he said, aye, aye, sir, I'm on it because he had a knowing of his God. Same thing with David when he goes, hey, look, I heard there's this guy down here defying my God and mocking my God. If the Lord can deliver lions and bears into my hand, surely he can deliver that into my hand as well too, right? So it's interesting because when you look at Amos 5, it says that I was thinking about this today when I was out running. I was actually out running today, and I did not get the runner's high either, by the way. I, I think I got like the – It's the, mythical. It doesn't yeah, exist. Yeah, it's mythical. It's shine elusive. It's like a unicorn that people enjoy running. never happened. My father-in-law actually said once, he said, I'll go with you running – uh, the first day I see somebody smiling while they're running, I'll choose to go running with you. And I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Anyways, it says this, Amos 5, speaking of the bear and the lion, I was thinking about this while I was running, this exact connection, perfect lead in. It says, woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Why do you long for the day of the Lord? That day will be darkness, not light. It will be as though as a man fled from a bear only to meet a lion. As though he entered his house and rested his hand on the wall, only to have a snake bite him. Will that day of the Lord be darkness, not light, pitch dark without any ray of brightness? And I thought, it's interesting how he specifically mentions the bear and the lion. And then I was thinking about David, but wait a minute, I know my God. He can deliver me from the bear, and he can deliver me from the lion. So how about I put my faith 
my the object of my faith is the Lord God Almighty through his son Jesus Christ, who even has power over the bear and a lion. And I and and there are those who know their God that will not flee from a bear only to meet a lion, or flee from a lion only to meet a bear, because they know that their God can deliver those things into their hand as well, too. And I was actually thinking mm-hmm. about that when we were run, when I was running. I'm like that's the posture of the redeemed of the Lord, right? Psalm 112, I quote it all the time, you know, blessed are those who fear the Lord, whose delight in his commands, their children will be mighty in the land. I'm skipping down a little bit in my brain, right? It says, the righteous will never be shaken. They have no fear of bad news. Did you hear that, ladies and gents? They have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They have no fear. Who is that? Who is that that has no fear of bad news, whose hearts are steadfast trust in the Lord, whose hearts are secure? Who is it? It's those who are so jealous for the Lord that they won't even give their fear to anybody else or anything else other than the Lord God Almighty alone. They fear nothing because they know it's not the spirit that they've given them, not a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a soundness of mind. They have been perfected by God's love for them. They look on the son, Jesus Christ, and they look at the love that the father displayed for us, that we might be called, be called children of God. And they look on that love and they're, they're perfected by it. And they're fearless because they're like, God has withheld nothing from me. Even while I was his enemy, he withheld nothing from me. What in the world is he going to withhold from me now? And they are perfected by his love. And they're fearless because they're filled with power, love, and a soundness of mind that God has given them. Except for one thing. There's only one thing that they'll fear. And there's only one thing that they know is worthy of their fear. And that's the Lord God Almighty alone. And that's why. They have no fear for bad news or for the imaginations of men because they are jealous for the glory of God and they won't let it be bestowed on anything other than the one who's worthy of it. That's why. Hallelujah, brother. uh, Praise God. I'm getting fired up because, you know, it just hit me as you were saying it, too, that running from the bear and the lion. Yes, the Lord gave deliverance. You know what he also gives deliverance from? The snakes. And folks, if you are the yep. one who goes in during the tribute at that time and you're running from a bear or lion, you go in your house and the serpent goes to bite you, guess what? The Bible says that we shall take up serpents. Yep. Did you? That's what it said. All those things in Amos, for the fearful, for the ungodly, that is a bad thing. For the believer, victory. Yeah, right. The wicked Hallelujah. Pursue, the wicked flee when no one's pursuing, but the righteous are as bold as lions. Mm, why? Hallelujah. Because the lion of the tribe of Judah is in them and they are in him. That's why. Because the true and better lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah, snatches up that counterfeit lion, prowling about seeking whom he may destroy by his lying throat and shuts the mouth of all unrighteousness from everlasting to everlasting. That's why. See, listen, this is a knowing of our God. This is what it means to know. Like, it has nothing to do with me. Are you kidding me? I'm weak. I'm flawed. I'm sinful. I'm double-minded. I'm sheepy. I'm whatever, dude. Like, I'm a worm. Oh, little Jacob, you worm, right? Isaiah 41. Like, I know who I am, but guess what else I know? I know who he is. Mm-hmm. I know my God. It has nothing to do with me. It's not about the strength of my faith. It's about the object of my faith, Jesus Christ. He his faithfulness is my shield and buckler, Psalm 91. Praise be to God, it's not dependent on my faith. Oh my goodness, you mean I can rest in the Lord? You mean I can take refuge, I can dwell, I can abide, I can hide in the Lord? Yes, His, he, he is the breastplate of, uh, or he is 
His faithfulness is your breastplate, right? Right. He he is the shield. He is the helmet. He is the sword. He is the belt. He is the your combat boots so you don't turn an ankle in the thrust in the Amen. throes of combat. It's Christ Jesus on you, over you, in you, out from you. It has nothing to do with you. It's that you know you're God. And so when he says, go take the land, you go, good to go, sir. I'm on it. Why? Because because who is this? Are you friend or foe? Neither. I'm the commander of the heaven's armies because that's who's given the commands, the captain of your salvation. That's who's given the commission, the official military appointment, a great commission, the captain of your salvation. That's whose rank and file you belong to the line of the tribe of Judah, Messiah and David. And he is riding back. His name is faithful and true. He's riding on a horse and justice and judgment to make war. Amen. And his ranks will be filled with the redeemed of the Lord who are bought and paid for by something imperishable and incorruptible, the blood of the lamb who is worthy to be slain. Amen. Dude, Praise this is why God. we don't fear our life so much as we're afraid to lose it. Like, cause literally it ain't yours. You get it. It's not my life bought and paid for. It's his, it's actually hidden in Christ. It's actually his life. Like there's no strike teams, no vaccination strike teams or FEMA camp officials or clergy response team dudes or loose friendly or powers of darkness. No power in hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home here in the power of Christ. I'll stand. It's not my life. It's his. You want to take it? Go ask him. And if he wills that you are allowed to take my life today, you didn't take anything. He is bringing me home to glory. You have no power over me. Amen. And that's why they overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they do not love their life so much as they're afraid to lose it because they get it. It's not mm. theirs bought and paid for done deal. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God, brother. I know you got to go. Thank you for spending time, folks. Listen, here's what I want to wrap this up with. Brother, it was talking about Jamie. You were talking about the book of remembrance talked about in um, Malachi. And it talked about those who feared the Lord and they spake often to one another and they were written in a book of remembrance was made. But here was the interesting thing. Verse 18, then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked between Amen. him that serveth God and him that serveth him not the spirit of discernment so that they would know what to do was given to those in that book of remembrance, folks, it's time to think about the Lord, to talk about the Lord, to read about his word, to do the things that he wants us to do, folks. He's got a plan. This is the hour. It's time to execute. That's all I can say. It's time to execute. No more waiting. Tomorrow is is going to just – if you wait till tomorrow to get started, you'll never start. It's like Amen. a diet. If you want to wait Amen. till tomorrow, Actually, tomorrow will never come. The command is very plain. Isaiah 61 and 2, arise. And shine for your light Amen. has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Though darkness is over the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples, the glory of the Lord has arisen upon you. Amen. Brother, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on here. I know you got to run, but brother, tell us how can we keep up with what's going on in your ministry? Yeah, man. Um, you can find out uh, uh, anything about the ministry or, or even where to purchase the book at omegadynamics.org. And uh, that's omegadynamics.org. And we're actually getting ready to make a big, major life transition. Don't know what the Lord's doing. Don't have a clue where it leads. He just said go. So we're going. And I'm, I'm uh, I, you know, 
I, I'm just have to be entrusted to the Lord every, every day and take every thought captive, but we're moving to Colorado, Durango, Colorado in about three weeks. And we are uh, building out a Christian training facility there called the Calico Buffalo Base Camp. And so um, people can start learning about that if they sign up, you know, for emails or whatever on the website and they can stay abreast of what's going on out there as we continue to, to strengthen and equip the warrior redeemed for the days that are no longer ahead, but for the days that are actually here. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother, so much. God bless you and everything you're doing, folks. Keep up the faith. Keep in the fight. If you want to jump on to the Daniel Fast with us here at the Remnant Call, jump in there. Let's get discernment from the Lord. God has a mission. It's time to execute. This is Brother Frank and Brother Jamie Walden on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom.